You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Clahomon Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. In the studio today, I have a longtime enthusiast of astrology, Joanne McGuy, and she will be joining me for the next few weeks, and I really appreciate that. And so to get it started, I'm going to let her talk a little bit about how you got into astrology, and she just had a moment of panic, but it'll be fine. Go ahead, Joanne. Well, I guess I started when I was a teenager, and I was on a spiritual path thinking uh, this was just another answer to find out who I was. Ah, yes. So continued on for a while. and But it was very hard because it was all handwritten and trying to figure things out on my own was yeah. really hard. So. Yeah, the math before computers was stupid. There's just no other way to put it. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, Banyan Books looking at trying to get people to fix it for me and do yeah. it. And, yeah, and. Yeah. So I kind of stopped for a while, and then I had children and decided to get back into it again because I wanted to lo- learn more in the 80s and took a class again yeah. and uh, ended up doing a class in west end of Vancouver. And, and we would love to, yeah, we should figure out, see if anybody in the listening audience might know who that was that taught a class because it was different. It, it was St. George's school but it was also it was they taught it the signs were according to the actual constellations and I'm sure that there's a branch that has a name for that but you know quite frankly I don't know what it is because they are so weird yes the size of the charts are very or the size of the signs signs are very yeah some of them are tiny some of them are huge Pisces is huge Aquarius is really tiny yeah Yeah, so according to that I still was where I was oh okay (laughs) (laughs) there you go darn (laughs) and then and so I drew charts for my family and uh, still have them and yeah have to pull them out and see how accurate I was yes yeah we were talking about that before the program started yeah to see because without knowing that you have an accurate chart it's like ah I don't know if I want to read this because I don't know it's right but you don't want to tell somebody something that's not true yeah 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 and then so then I I would say three years ago I was you know on the internet and there was a woman on the internet who really yeah made sense inspired me so you can give out her name her name was Deborah Silverman yeah yeah and uh I did an online course with her, and it made me understand who I was. Yes. Yeah. And that was the biggest step was I didn't need excuses for my personality anymore. There was a blueprint that said, this is who I'm supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's comforting. And it's also, I know for myself, um, with this new course that I'm taking, the Hellenistic course, um, it actually tweaked my chart in such a way that it made more sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's still, I have what's considered a relatively poopy chart, but uh, (laughs) obviously I'm still alive and all that. But it, it confirmed the struggles that I've had. Yes. Yeah. 
and it doesn't take the struggles away I still have to do the work but I you know I'm I didn't just make up my struggles no that's it's all written there it's a blueprint for your life I think and you end up with a way to put it yeah um you can when I look at someone else's chart, I can I have I can observe who they are. I don't have to judge who they are. Yes. This is like my family, especially when I yeah I look at them and I think, oh, this is there and this is there. That's why they're doing this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I yeah. don't take it personally anymore. Whereas before, I was like, everything was personal. Yeah. And a, yeah. Ch- a chart show when you can look at someone's chart that you actually have a picture somewhat into their soul. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and um, at least that's how I see it. Yeah, and and it's I uh, one of the words I sometimes have used is cartoon, but not in the sense of funny, but in the sense of um, you know nobody has wrinkles, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's that smooth version, and the smooth version still shows the challenges, but yeah. You look at the person, you go, oh, okay, so that's what it actually looks like when a person is living it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so at any time through what we're going to go through today, please just jump in. Okay. So on today's show, before I do that, I just want to remind people that um, you can email me for a PDF of your own chart because having your own chart in front of you and... The type of chart that I'll print and send has a key, so it'll show the symbol, it'll show what the words are. Um, Yeah, so I know a lot of people go, well, but how do I look at it? Well, you just look at the key, and, you know, this symbol is for Aries, this symbol is for Capricorn, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But it makes going through what you're going to listen to more relevant to yourself. Okay, so my email is Maureen. And that's M-O-R-E-E-N at Cardinal Astrology, all one word, dot C-A. And so today, the big deal is we have the 30-year catch-up to Pluto conjunct Saturn. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, and it's playing in the background as we speak. It goes exact uh, tomorrow. Um, and it'll be another 30 years before those two get together, and it won't be in Capricorn. I will speak a little bit more to that um, before I do my Where's the Moon? So, because this is such a big piece right now, and the sun is traveling through Capricorn, I'm thinking that each month I will focus on whatever sign that the sun is traveling through to give some more in-depth understanding of that particular quality and so of course for now it's Capricorn and with that comes the planet Saturn okay and I'm going to call that segment getting to know the planets Um, and the reason why I'm emphasizing that the planet before the sign is in ancient astrology Um, You know, if you're talking about which came first, the chicken or the egg, the planets came first, and they in turn informed our symbolic picture of the signs. And so, you know, for the ancients, uh, Saturn was the last guy they could see. Um, The other three planets that we now incorporate into charts weren't visible, and so they did not look at them, did not know they were there. And so Saturn set the boundary or the limits and literally 
That's what the ancients started um, seeing it as representing. It was also considered a malefic, and that meant that not always, depending on where it was in your chart, who it was looking at, who it wasn't looking at, it could be a difficult, dark, not happy planet. But one needs not despair. <laughs> so um, with it being the friend of Capricorn, so those two interchange a lot of um, uh, meanings and symbols, but they can be worked with very successfully. So those who have, um, you know, the sun, the moon, or the ascendant in Capricorn, um, you're looking for a well-placed Saturn to help you out. And, uh, but in the meantime, it's a sign that without it in our society, we would have no structure. We would have no civil order because that's what Capricorn is doing is it's the part of our species that uh, puts together social structures. And with this big conjunction in the background that's happening in Capricorn, we are seeing social structural changes. And that's been in the pipeline uh, since Pluto went in there in 2008. Okay, so Saturn. Saturn rules two signs though, not just Capricorn, it also rules Aquarius. So what's the difference between those two? Well, Capricorn is a cardinal, that means it's oriented towards action. It's feminine, okay? And it's an earth sign. And Capricorn is opposite the sign of Cancer. So it's opposite the moon. And the way I see those two working together is this is the mother's ability, so mother as in Gaia, to sustain structures or sustain life on this planet. So it takes the moon and Saturn to pull that off. And of course, if we think right now about some of the unfolding history right now, yeah, we, if we want to maintain that, um, you know, the viability of this planet to keep us, we have to look at how we are working with that moon, and that's Saturn, right? You know, what's, what are the structures, and are they sustainable, and yada, yada, yada. Okay, so with Saturn, it also rules Aquarius, and we'll be talking more about Aquarius next month, um, but that Saturn sign is opposite the sun. And what's the sun? The sun is typically dad. It's the... It's the ruler, it's, you know, this is Leo talking here. It's a fixed sign, Aquarius, and it's an air sign. And that little piece often trips people up because it looks like she's pouring water. And actually some texts say she is pouring water, but it is an air sign. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, <laughs> she's bearing water. She's bearing water, yes. Yeah. Um, but what she's pouring out is the ideas that take us into the future. So when I looked at those two, Saturn, Sun, okay, you have dad, but what happens if you want to break free from dad, right? You have to become your own authority. So if we had nothing but Leo, we would get, we definitely get stuck in loops, 
the same story repeated over and over again. Whereas Saturn in Aquarius is what gets us all to go, no, no, wait a minute, I'm my own authority. Now in modern astrology, they tried to displace Saturn um, and put Uranus there instead, which was the first planet discovered beyond Saturn. And to some degree, that does make sense, because again, it's that Leo sun going, oh, where are you going? What are you off to? And when a son stands up to his dad, that can be shocking, which kind of makes sense with Uranus. So I'm going to leave it open-ended. I'm not going to come down firmly on the, the Hellenistic side, but it does make sense to me as well that we keep Saturn in that place as a ruler and not just get rid of it. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, we're going to focus more on the earthy qualities of Saturn and how that informs Capricorn. Okay, so keywords that um, we want to use. Oh, actually, I'm going to go through the mythology first. I do write these things and I do reread them, but somehow I change them on myself. Oh, how perfect. Not Okay, so mythologically, the Romans and the Greeks, this is going back to the Hellenistic times, they called Saturn Kronos. This is, of course, like I said, the farthest planet that can be seen unaided. Um, it was attributed with age, wisdom, the god of agriculture, uh, who founded civilization and social order. And that's a really big part of what Capricorn is all about. Uh, Greek Cronus was also the god of time, originally a harvest deity, which would make sense, you know, the timing of planting, the timing of har harvesting. Cronus was also a tyrant who was overthrown by his son Zeus. So there's almost speaking directly to the Aquarian side, right? Saturn was uh, also the planet associated with the god of strife. And strife is... In this context, I think what it's saying is, who's the boss, right? Because whenever there is a question about who's in charge, what do you get? You get strife. Yeah. I don't know. Makes sense? Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay, so now I have my keywords. I knew I'd put them in there. Okay, <laughs> so some of the keywords for Saturn are inhibitions, validation, perseverance, serious, the ability to learn from experience, and that one in particular is my fave. Mm -hmm. um, concentration, economy, ambition, melancholy, reserved. Paternity tests. In the ancients, if your Saturn was strong or if Capricorn was strong, um, you were often the father of other people's children. Now, what I find interesting there is I actually have a moon in Capricorn. Did not have my own children, but I have raised other people's children. And that's a moon in Capricorn. Okay, so also stood for eternity. Uh, increasing loneliness and isolation in later years. Eccentricity, again, that would probably be the Aquarian piece of it. Distrust, stinginess, lack of adaptability. And again, the lack of adaptability, and I would say the eccentricity, this is going to be keywords that go more for Saturn when it's demonstrating Aquarian qualities. 
Okay, physically, um, so this would be used if you were looking at a chart um, relative to answering a question or um, if the chart was used to um, set up an election, which is I'm going to start my business today, that type of thing. And so you would look to see where Saturn was and if its placement was going to affect things like delays or if it was okay that a project took a long time to come together. On a biological level, it's the bony structures, typically ankles and knees. Uh, it's the process of hardening up or stone formation. So, you know, if you're looking at Capricorn, uh, possibly in the 6th or the 12th, you might, um, you know, want to pay attention to like kidney stones and bladder stones and hardening up. That would also be like an arthritis-y thing, maybe. Not sure. Okay, also loss of organs. Darn. Okay. Um, it also, Saturn, uh, points towards old age. It has to do with skin and teeth and frozen parts which would be interesting to see, yeah, if, you know, those people that, um, what do they call that, catatonic state. Oh. Yes, it would be interesting to see any charts of someone who has experienced that and see if it's a Saturn slash Capricorn or Aquarius thing. Hmm. Uh, soci sociologically hardworking, um, sad people, uh, agriculture, mining, and real estate. Okay, Saturn can concentrate your experience of constriction and confront one with a need to create a realistic approach to life. Um, and again, that's one of my key ones when I'm looking at a person's chart. I always look to see where Saturn is because that is a place where learning how to take responsibility, realistic approach to life, um, is usually indicated. Saturn generally indicates challenges one's, one is working towards, um, and you need to fully accept that challenge without fear. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Capricorn uh, is often associated with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I, no case in point here uh, at all. <laughs> I have really good meds. Yes. Teasing. Not, but... We can say that. <laughs> you can say anything you want. I can. Okay, so we have obviously a natural affinity, Saturn to Capricorn. Um, and so with that cardinal Earth sign, it needs, it wants to stabilize things. Um, it needs to handle that daily responsibility. And again, I look to the fact that it's opposite the moon. Uh, effort, effort should be put into mastering the physical world and developing a systematic approach. So again, where you find your Capricorn, where you find your Saturn, those are going to be things to consider. And of course, I'm going to go through each of the houses to give some examples of this. Moon mother and earth reality is sustaining life. So part of the symbolism that goes with signs also has to do with the seasons because that's what happened when they decided to nuke the, you know, this sign is, you know, 60 degrees long and this sign's only 10 degrees. Great. Okay. So how they came up with the justification for changing that was they looked at the rotation of the sun and the fact that it took a year and then they divided that by 12 um, and they made it with the you know the spring equinox was the first degree and then 360 degrees so that the summer solstice was at 90 
the fall and then the winter. Yeah. So that's how we switched from um, the actual physical grouping of the stars is seasonal. So if you think about it, with the start of Capricorn, that's our first, ah, spring is coming. And so, of course, at that moment, uh, it's called a pivot. And it's, um, it's sort of the, the sense that energy and life is going to start up again, right? And that's, that's a cardinal quality that goes with uh, Capricorn. Okay, effort should be put into mastering the physical world and developing a systematic approach. Uh, it's also feminine. So this is authority on a feminine side or, yeah, with a female take, whereas Aquarius, of course, is going to be more masculine. And uh, so when we look at charts that have this strong, and what I did is I, is I, jumped back 30 years and 30 years and 30 years. So Saturn was in Capricorn at the turn of the century, um, 1900 to I think 1902, something like that. And then again, early 30s, 1930s, uh, 31, 32, 60s, and then of course now. And the, that's the time frame that I use to uh, pull those charts from. And you'll find I have whack of charts up on my website. I have 12 of them. <laughs> you don't have to print them. You can just look at them. But you could. Okay, so um, Saturn values anything that has lasted or will last a long time. It reduces things to their fundamental fundamentals, wanting to accomplish a lot with a little conserve resources working with a narrow margin of error and if you think about you know a couple hundred years ago the winter solstice would have marked that moment where you would have looked at your larder and went okay you know it's another three four months before we get to plant something in the ground before there's fresh anything and so having that mothering instinct to delegate okay how are we going to make this last yeah that's capricorn and that's Saturn taking responsibility. Okay, um, so Saturn is the authority to set boundaries and limits and containment. Saturn's function is to build structured, organized systems. Uh, okay, so where else do I want to go with this? But what happens if you ignore or denounce your Saturn? Well, obviously it's not going to be a good idea, but this is what can happen. Uh, Saturn can become rigid, brittle, unbending. Uh, Saturn can become hidebound and stuck in past present. Okay, so my sense is stuck in the past if it's Capricorn, uh, stuck in future ideas and pictures, that would be Aquarius. And when I go next month to find people with strong Aquarian slash Saturn, I'm going to be curious if I can flesh that out more. Okay, Saturn is so enamored of its own authority and position, and I'm thinking that this might be more an Aquarian piece, but we'll see. Okay, cannot allow others to make decisions. It can become a control freak. And I'm thinking, well, there's gotta be examples of both of that in both the, the Capricorn and the Aquarius, but there, there should be a qualitative difference. Okay, Saturn can become stingy and limited in its ability to grow, in its desire to continue the system. So this is conservatism, 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big capital R. Which, you know, we do need structured society. There's no doubt about it. But times change. Okay. Um, so you may think even, okay, you may even think all forms of authority are not relevant. That's another Saturn characteristic. And that would definitely be the Aquarian side. Um, All Saturn, you may think that your ability to be responsible is your claim to fame, blaming your authoritarian Saturn behavior on others. In other words, if this is kind of like the buck stops here, but taken to an extreme where, um, you know, if you don't jump and you don't and you don't listen to how high I say (laughs) my kids right now, if they were listening to this, they would laugh. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Um, I have moon in Capricorn, so I did boot camp mom. <laughs> so I did tell you to jump, and yes, I did tell you how high, and oh well. They, they've sort of forgiven me, kind of, a little bit. <laughs> but it, it's, so it can get definitely taken to extremes. Um, yeah, where a particular mindset group individual can dictate the rules. Right, and that would be Saturn Capricorn taken to the nth degree. Or sometimes people will take their Saturn and they will project it and get someone else to be the authority. And this is you can't beat City Hall mentality, you know, where they don't vote, but they complain bitterly. And that would be not owning your Saturn, taking responsibility for doing what it is you can do. Yeah. Okay, like its mythological namesake, Saturn is associated with time and age, um, social order, principle of stability, the opposite of upheaval, except when it's Aquarius, so we have to reconcile that. The harvest connection comes through Saturn's association with work, um, because with Capricorn, of course, they're climbing, right? It's that sea goat guy trying to make it to the top of the hill. Um, Particularly, it's supposedly not a fertile planet, Saturn. Okay. Um, And so it's the harvester. It's what has to take care of what has grown. Uh, The boss, Saturn's association with administration. Uh, Saturn also uh, represents the principle of contraction related to the process of bringing what is vague and uninformed into manifestation and again that particular quality of saturn sounds more aquarian bringing something into manifestation saturn is also the tester of merit master a characteristic that it earned the title of the greater malefic so it's the part that's going to wrap you on the knuckles if you are being too lazy right saturn is that tester Self-control, security-seeking, that resists change. So that's a, it's a fine line with, um, you know, taking responsibility uh, because you can lock yourself down. Okay, it shows how we seek security and where we resist change. And I would say, well, see, resisting change, again, that's a fixed quality of Aquarius. Okay, the security part. I would say, is the Capricorn side of Saturn. Okay. Now, in the Hellenistic course, um, the star of Saturn makes those, so 
this is, you've got to remember these, this is a translation from 2,000 years ago. Okay, so Saturn was people born under him. And so this would be if Saturn was in the angles, particularly if it was Saturn rising. Um, they can be petty, malicious, having many anxieties, uh, those that bring themselves down, so they can be self-defeating, uh, solitary, deceitful, okay, don't do well at concealing their deceit, uh, cause depressions, sluggishness, inactive, uh, let's see now, imprisonment, sorrows, tears, being orphaned. I found that one was kind of interesting. In, yeah, so I'll be curious if I run across charts of people who are orphaned, which I don't, offhand actually I do know of somebody who was, yeah, anyway. Uh, makes for farmers, gardeners, that's me, Moon and Capricorn, uh, because he rules the soil. He also uh, uh, does well with hired workers, so he can be a good boss. Um, can be a good tax collector too. <laughs> he produces those who acquire great reputation, notable rank, guardianship. Um, and so that goes with the buck stops here. And that is a quality that, uh, you know, when I'm reading charts for young people and they have really strong Capricorn, um, if their Saturn is well placed, then I know they're going to know, no, wait a minute, this is what I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for everything else. Whereas Capricorn can get caught with everybody goes, points at that person. You know, everybody else leaves the party and the Capricorn is the one left cleaning up. Okay, so that's, that's one of the glitches that can happen if one doesn't understand their Saturn. Okay, so now we're going to take some looks at what it's like if you have Capricorn through the houses. But I also, as I said earlier, I picked charts that um, have, oh, this is the rest of my sheets, right? Let's just put those over here, that have Saturn in prominent Capricorn places. So, and... Like I say, if you are online, you will be able to pull these charts up. And I'm pretty sure I put them in line. So we're going to start with Willie Mays, who, let me just really quickly talk about his bio. Okay, so this is, he has Capricorn rising and Saturn in that first house. Okay, so the first house, it's all about the person. In some ways, um, the rising sign is more indicative of the person than their sun sign. Lots of times, way more indicative. Okay, it's all about you, your health, and your personality. Willie Mays, during the 21 season in his major league career, he hit more than 600 home runs. Um, so besides being a solid hitter, uh, he was also called the game's finest defense outfielder ever and is perhaps the best base runner as well. Okay, so what did he do with that Capricorn rising? Uh, Moon is also there. So I would say with this particular Saturn placement, uh, and again, this is, uh, so I should also comment on whether these are day charts or night charts. 
because that will give you an indication of whether Saturn is something you really truly have to work at to develop or if it's just going to be naturally, um, you know, you're naturally going to want to be uh, responsible for what it is you're doing and how well you're doing it. So his is a night chart, but because that Saturn was in Capricorn, that makes it not such a difficult Saturn. Conjunct the moon in order to feel safe and secure, moon, okay, developing himself, right? So with a talent like what he has, that kind of makes sense, right? Because it's all about his own physicality. Saturn would have given him the discipline and... Okay, so the next piece we could look at in his is why did he do so well? We would look to Venus because it rules the 10th of how high up in the world you're going to get. And it is a night chart, so Venus is well-placed. Um, and it's in Aries, so it's going to be about something physical, right? Yeah, so I would say Willie Mays kind of pulled off his Capricorn rising. Um, yeah, any comments? No. Cap Do you know any Capricorn Risings? No, not that I know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one is a uh, person with Saturn in Capricorn in the second house. And the second house is all about resources. And it can be for some um, developing many ways to make money. Um, it can also be developing aesthetics in terms of what it is you value, what you want around you. Um, so it's your resources, financial resources, earning capacity, literal assets, and what you value. And the chart that I picked for this one is Ansel Adams. We've all seen some of his amazing photography. Masterful at it. Um, and a longtime conservationist, ergo... Capricorn on the second, right? Conserving mm. what it is he values. Again, that Capricorn being opposite a Cancer moon, it's like the Gaia statement and taking responsibility for the Gaia thing. Um, so he was encouraging of understanding and respect for the natural environment. Although apparently he spent a large part of his career in commercial photography, he is best known for his photographs of landscapes. And that is so true. Okay, so he is also a night chart. So this just goes to show that technically the, the ancients saw this as being more malefic if it was in a night chart, Saturn. But obviously it can be worked with because Ansel did fine with his. Okay, so, and it also rules the third house, which would be probably where you would put... Um, photography I'm actually not entirely sure about that where photography fits in what house but I'm thinking third house of communication because that's basically what happens there is you communicate with your photographs yeah okay now third house this can be about siblings so um it can be siblings, it can be local connections, travel, education, the goddess in, <laughs> um, as opposed to the god, which is in the ninth house. This is in Hellenistic terms. 
Now, this one here um, is actually a Canadian co connection, and this person is Dorothy, was known by the name of Dorothy Stratton. Um, and Joanne went, I, I remember that name. Why do I remember that name? Well, unfortunately, we remember her name because she didn't live very long, which is unfortunate. Mm. When I was looking at her biography, she was incredibly beautiful, like amazingly beautiful. Uh, so her original name was Dorth, Dorothy Ruth Hugenstratton. We can tell why she changed her <laughs> name. <laughs> now, uh, my apologies to whatever nationality that was in the way that I just, you know, gibbled the saying of that name. Okay, she was one of Canada's first Playboy playmates, a model and an actress. Um, she also appeared in three comedy films in at least two episodes uh, broadcast on U.S. network television. But unfortunately, she was murdered by her estranged husband at age 20. Mm. Um, but after that, and this is where I looked at it as Saturn in the third. Um, her, her life and death inspired uh, two movies, one Death of a Centerfold, the other one Star 80. Uh, as well as the book, The Killing of the Unicorn and Californication, which was a song written by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, and The Best Was Yet to Come by Brian Adams. Um, and Cover Girl by the Canadian rock band Prism. So it's almost like with this particular Saturn, we don't know, her biography didn't talk about her siblings. But in terms of the short communication thing, um, her understanding and her lack of age, right? She was only 20. Mm -hmm. um, she probably didn't understand uh, how much more in terms of communication uh, support that she actually required in dealing with this ex-husband uh, because she actually went to his house to finalize the divorce and that's when she died, okay? <laughs> So my sense is is that her Capricorn signature wasn't fully developed because she was too young, right? And that would have not helped in that particular scenario. Yeah. yeah. She did have Scorpio rising, though. Yeah. Ha. Huh. And might not totally have understood the seductive nature of that Scorpio rising as it was squaring her Mars-Venus conjunction. Yeah, smoldering would be definitely a word. <laughs> but yeah, didn't work out so well. Okay, next one we have is Eric Frum. Um, and he was born in 1900. His Saturn in Capricorn is in the fourth house, which often typifies your family, your heritage, your parents, you know, what your home life was like. So listen to this. Um, okay, so he was born uh, um, in Frankfurt to an Orthodox Jewish parents, single child of a wine merchant. From was reportedly a somewhat intolerable phobic child. The fact that his mother was afflicted with depression and his father was characteristically a temperamental man did not really create an ideal childhood situation for him. So here we have a 
day chart. And so Eric, if he understood astrology, was really happy that this was a day chart because if that had been a night chart with that Saturn in the fourth house, his whole upbringing would have been even worse. <laughs> so um, what it did, I mean, he eventually became one of the world's lead, leading psychoanalysts, an analyst, probably because he needed it himself. Um, but what that situation did for him is because of his conservative, although pluralistic, pluralistic upbringing and education from eventually turned out to be a rebel forsaking his religion to become an atheist, he completely debunked religion as the basis of strife, discord, and inequality uh, because he saw religion as spewing hatred. He felt it best to give up on religion in favor of more humanistic and realistic philosophies. So here, even though Saturn is in Capricorn, is in the fourth house, I'm hearing that Saturn quality of Aquarius does come through. So... One might want to keep that in mind when you're looking at Saturn, even when it's in Capricorn. Yeah. Because to break away from that kind of root uh, to become his own authority. Yeah. Okay. How am I doing for time here? Oh, yeah. Lots of time. Okay. The next one is Saturn in the fifth. And again, I found a very interesting person. I am totally not going to be able to pronounce this correctly. Antoni, Antonio, no, Anton, Anthony de Saint, E-X-U-P-E-R-Y. <laughs> My husband's the one that can, he'll tackle names. I'm not very good at it. Okay. So this is Capricorn in the fifth. And um, I think a lot of people will see Saturn in the fifth or Capricorn on the fifth and go, oh, so much for their creativity. Not so. Okay, so it is about creativity, children, gambling, play and romance. That's what the fifth house is about. Okay, so this guy uh, and Anthony uh, came from an impoverished aristocratic family. He was poor at being a student. He studied architects at... Uh, but didn't do well. In 1929 or 21, he was conscripted into the French Air Force and he qualified as a military pilot. And uh, later he went on to help establish airmail routes in Northwest Africa and South Atlantic. Um, in 1930, he worked as a test pilot um, for Air France. He was also a reporter for a while. Um, and so it is at this time that aviation was both a source of heroic action for himself and for his literary career. And this man is best known for writing The Little Prince, which is a classic. I'm actually kind of curious because it's one of those classics that um, has a profound, apparently, deep spiritual angle to it and has been um, reprinted like it's up to the I think the 75th anniversary and yeah so a child's fable for adults with a gentle and grave reminder that the best things in life are still the simplest ones and that real wealth is given to others. So gr I'm, I'm struck by, in this particular quote, grave reminder. Does that sound like Saturn in Capricorn <laughs> in the fifth? <laughs> but obviously, creativity is uh, can be part of Saturn's world. Um, it isn't, yeah. 
just because you got Saturn in the fifth, you can still achieve your creativity. Now, the next one um, is so classic. This one's unbelievable. So Bill Cook, or I think his full name was William Cook. Uh, this is an American who, um, and his Saturn Capricorn is the sixth house. And so he was born in Illinois. He married, he majored in biology. Uh, he planned to go on to medical school, but was drafted into the army where he served his two-year stint as a surgical technician, which inspired him. He went back to Bloomington, Indiana, where he started a company in their apartment, which eventually became the Cook Group. So what these folks do, and it's a massive company now, is they make medical devices. Um, guide wires for catheters and angiography, um, uh, items for radiology, uh, med yeah, just medical devices. Um, spectrum antibiotic impregnated catheters. That just <laughs> sounds uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> First coronary stents approved for use in the U.S. So, you know, he took his sixth house, which, what does it stand for? Uh, daily routine, health issues, and getting a job done. And so he also has uh, Mercury conjunct that Saturn in Capricorn in the sixth. And, um, yeah, that's got to be like an amazing gift to the rest of us that he worked that Capricorn sixth house that well and he made money at it as well maybe too much no no just <laughs> kidding okay so saturn in the seventh um and this is one that i personally thought i had until i went to holistic house signs but uh saturn in the seventh um, can mean a delay in getting married or marrying an older partner but it can also mean if you're Alan Lane. So of course the seventh house opposite the first, it's about relationships and partners. So he's now Sir Alan Lane, was a British publisher who together with his brothers Richard and John founded Penguin Books in 1935, bringing high quality paperback fiction and nonfiction to the mass market. Um, yeah, so he did that whole partnership um, and did it very well and obviously was able to uh, along with his brothers construct uh, you know an organization do that Capricorn thing that uh, benefited a lot of people you know obviously all those authors um, that Saturn also rules the eighth house obviously that Aquarian eighth house and so that's earning money from other people's resources right what resources the written word that other people have produced yeah, very excellent example. How am I doing for time? Okay, we might get through these. No, I'm only up to the eighth house. Okay, so the next um, chart, eighth house. So here is a difficult one. Um, this is the second poopiest house. The poopiest house is the 12th house. <laughs> and Joanne is chuckling because she has planets in that poopy house but she has an exceptional Saturn in that poopy house not only is it in its joy but Saturn is exalted in Libra so she took the poopy house and just went nah, nah, it's fine 
12 pounds is fine. No problem. We'll work with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, Saturn 8. So this is about death and taxes and your partner's money, wills and inheritance and sex. Although sex jumps around in the houses. <laughs> it really does. You know, some people put it in the fifth, some people put it in the seventh, some people put it in the eighth. Okay, so the chart that I have here is Bruce LaBruce, who also goes by Justin Stewart or Brian Bruce. He's Canadian, born in Tiverton, Ontario. Um, and he is uh, first gained public attention with his publication of Queer Punk Zion. Um, he then went on to write and photograph for a variety of publications, including Vice. Um, he is also got into filmmaking and went way out on a limb in terms of explicitly pornographic depiction of sex. Uh, so I found that interesting, but this is an eighth house, and it is Sun in Capricorn mm. in the eighth house. So it's like, you know, the echoes of Scorpio eighth house <laughs> are sort of coming through here, but it is the eighth house. So, um, yeah, this one was a bit of a puzzle, but that's how it can manifest, right? Saturn... Sun, Capricorn, 8th house. Um, there is a whole branch of astrology uh, that the LGBTQTS and every other letter that goes there that I'm not familiar with because that category has grown. There are actually, you know, groups now in astrology that specifically look at the chart from their point of view. I have yet to catch up to that particular scenario just to see what uh what they see and how they interpret things uh yeah so i mean if i had looked at this chart and didn't know anything about this person i would have said that he would have done really well with other people's money right would have been um yeah uh head of a banking institution or worked for cra or would not have guessed explicitly pornographic depictions of sex in filmmaking. Yeah. So, that one remains a bit of a mystery. Okay. Okay, now the next one is... Yeah, I've got... Maybe I'm gonna... Yeah, I think I'm gonna leave it off at... After Silv Sylvanus Olympio who was born in Togo. And neither one of us are actually sure where Togo is. I thought it was an island, but it I think is, it, it is an island. Yeah, I yeah. know somebody else who was born there. Oh, okay, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> okay, so this guy had Saturn in the ninth. And of course, Saturn in the ninth is about higher education, religion, philosophy, can be dogmatic. So this, is, um, this would be the place of the king, typically in Hellenistic, whereas the third is the position of the queen, which is interesting because that's where Stratton had hers. That's right. Third. Was in the third house. She was the queen. She was the queen. 
Huh. Anyway, um, he did a great thing. He was a Tongolese politician who served as their first prime minister, president of Togo, from 1958 until, unfortunately, 1963, when they decided to get rid of him with an assassination. But he was the one who took them out of um, being, um, who were they? They must have been... Uh, independence from I'm not sure but I'm going to guess England because he went to the school of economics in London and so he obviously understood that it was possible for them to throw off the shackles of being um, uh, the word just left me what is it called when somebody else British Empire yeah yeah, threw off the shackle. Coloni- colonization. colonization. There's the word. A good Capricorn word. <laughs> anyway, it was Capricorn, and he understood what it was going to take to achieve independence, and he achieved that in 1961. But unfortunately, there was a coup d'etat. They didn't like the way he was setting it up, I guess. Um, he had a night chart, and so that Saturn was uh, a malefic. Um, it is close to the MC. It's at 21, but um, yeah. Anyway, he did a good thing for a while, and then it turned to a bad thing. Okay, that is as far as I'm going to go. So I still have three houses left, and that's the 10th, 11th, and the 12th. And that is Frida Hughes, Antonio Banderas, and Barack Obama. But we will get to those next week. So in the meantime, we're going to look at where's that moon. So I was going to do a little bit of a talk about the big conjunction and how right at the moment, um, I was incredibly happy to see that Iran spoke up and said, oops, really bad mistake, really bad mistake. But given the conjunction that's happening tomorrow, and the fact that our civil society, no matter under what religious banner, is able to own Saturn, it's um, take responsibility for misuse of what? Pluto power. Um, I took that as a really good sign uh, that that has happened. Um, hopefully that escalation will lower. We can hope. Uh, the other piece, of course, uh, that's being majorly highlighted is the bizarre response to the fires that is happening down in Australia by their PM, and we looked at his chart last week, um, Mr. Morrison, and it's still a wonder, and apparently the uh, social media has been flooded with the idea that it's all about arson. Ugh, they've been in this massive drought, unusual drought for the last three or four years. And yeah, anyway, so those are kind of the highlights right now. But of course, with these kind of 30 year long conjunctions, one has to look at probably since Saturn entered Capricorn, which was 2018. Um, and the kinds of social structures that Pluto need to be revolutionized, or actually, it's the archetype of uh, being consumed and reborn. Yeah. This is a rebroadcast of my radio show Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 
90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.